Hey, Sam. Hey, Bev. What you drinking over there? I'm drinking a Mad Tree Brunch So Hard. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Yeah, it does. It's a Brut Rosé IPA with hibiscus and rose hips. So it's another one of those uh, champagne IPAs. Yummy. Which I've discovered I'm a big fan of. So I'm excited to give this one a try. What are you drinking over there? Whew. I just took a sip of it. Oh, God. <clears throat> so the sounds I just made indicate that it's not good, but that's not true. Um, <laughs> it might just be a little one of those, like, punchy in the faces. A little bit. Why did I say faces? It sounded like Punchies feces. in the faces. Faces? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take all that back. Scratch that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So this is from Big Lake Brewing, um, which I think I drank a beer from them last week, too. Um and it is Dark Star, which is a coffee stout. Um, so the stout is what kind of got me, I think. And um, it is full, a full-bodied stout brewed with both Kona and Sumatra coffee and then aged on cacao nibs. So it is very um, hearty. But I figured since I knew that you were having kind of a brunchy-themed beverage... That I should also have one, considering we are again recording and it's not even noon and we are drinking. So, I mean, I think that means that we're a hashtag winning. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And P.S. This beer is delicious. Oh, good. Okay. So now I'm an IPA fan when it has champagne in it. Yeah. Yummy. Yeah, this is pretty good. Like once I started sipping it um, a little bit more and once like the head went down a little bit. But yeah, no, it just looks like a Guinness. Kind of smells mm. like a Guinness, but it's not a Guinness. But it has cacao nibs in it. And coffee. Woo-hoo. Like total tangent over here. I can never pronounce that word right. Really? Like whenever I see it written, I always want to say cacao. I don't know why. I used to say cocoa, which makes no sense. <laughs> So it took me a little while, too. <laughs> Why does this word have to be so hard? So it's cacao. Cacao. Like cacao. 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 <laughs> and there goes our listenership. <laughs> Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. Woo-hoo! That's Bev over there. And that's Sam over there. And if you couldn't tell, this is a farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for your ears. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We want to create a community for farmers, whether you have a hobby-sized farm or a huge farm, to come listen and feel like you're not so alone in this farm thing. We keep it real with you and find humor in the mistakes we make, new knowledge we gain, and sometimes we go off on tangents that are non-farming related. Yes, and speaking of those tangents, we cut a lot of those and stick them up on the Patreon. Yeah, and the episode outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps. So check out our Patreon by going to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm. Um, we cut all sorts of fun things. Sometimes there's fun exclusive recordings and pictures up there. So make sure you go and check it out. And speaking of the Patreon, this week, our drinks are sponsored by The Colonel, which is Christine Sayani's cats. 
I love it. Yeah. And uh, Christine Sayani is at homemade underscore confetti. And her cat, the colonel, she says uh, he's more like an old man that sits around judging her than a cat. Mm. Um, But he is a flame point Himalayan, which is like a super cool looking cat if you've never seen one of those. Oh, yeah. So definitely go check her out. She's at homemade underscore confetti. So the cat has its own Instagram, and it's at Colonel underscore Fancy, spelled with a P-H, underscore Pants, underscore Rhett. So, yeah, he's basically famous. Probably more popular than we are, but I can't blame people for that. Right? I mean, he's the Colonel, and he's a super cool cat. And he's Fancy Pants. (laughs) Yeah, right. So uh, I don't believe we have any corrections this week, but I do have some follow-up. And if you've been following me on Instagram, you've probably seen that I got my goslings and they're freaking adorable. Oh, they are. Oh my God, they're so cute. And like when I was talking about um, ramping up and getting prepared for these goslings, I assumed they would be a lot like ducklings. Um, but their personalities are actually very different. I'm Ooh. finding that they're less spastic and a little less afraid of me than That's the goslings were. Yes, absolutely. Because, you know, goslings get um, eventually turn into full-grown geese, which are <laughs> huge. And if they don't like you, it's a little intimidating. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, if you've missed the other episodes, you'll want to go back and find those They were recorded and dropped in April, but um, I got three Sebastopols and um, one's a male, two girls, and then a French Toulouse and a Roman Tufted, and they all have Game of Thrones names. I love it. Yes. So we have uh, Jamie Lannister, Cersei Lannister, Sansa Stark, Daenerys Targaryen, and Brienne of Tarth. So if you're a Game of Thrones fan... Um, you probably like super geeked over those names just like I am. So what do you call them for short? Because I can't imagine that you're like walking up to them and being like, Jamie Lannister. I mean, Cersei you know. Lannister. Did I pronounce Yeah, it's right? like Cersei. Okay. Cersei. 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 So, I mean, Jamie is pretty, you know, Jamie. Cersei. Sansa. Luckily, most of them have like kind of one syllable if you don't say first name, last name. But Daenerys, I'll say Danny. Oh, I love it. <laughs> um, and then Brienne will just be Brienne. So, yeah. yeah. So, but it'll be interesting to see how that evolves when I start having to like yell at them or something. Um, <laughs> kind of like with, you know, human children. You really, yep. I feel like you need to really think about the first name, middle name combination um, when you give birth. I haven't done that personally, but you got to think of something that's like easy to yell, I feel. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Or just like even a firm like. <clears throat> <laughs> so you want to know what I do when I have to yell at things? What? I go. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> like it doesn't matter whether it's human or animal or inanimate object. If it's doing something I don't like, I go. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I got that from. <laughs> That's pretty straightforward, too. So I, I had a little. uh whoopsies with preparing for the arrival of these guys because the tracking information for USPS was garbage. 
So I didn't get tracking information until Tuesday, but allegedly they were like, they had like left the building Monday night from California. And then they didn't like pick back up on the tracking until like super like late, like 2 a.m. on Wednesday. It just said, it's on track. It's on time. (laughs) And it said like they were projected to arrive on Thursday. And I got a call from the post office at 6.05 a.m. on Wednesday that they're there. And I had nothing ready. (laughs) So I got really excited. And um, I actually took that day off. And I came out of the bedroom And my husband was, like, getting ready to leave for work. And I'm like, my goslings are here! (laughs) Like, half asleep. (laughs) (laughs) And then I, like, you know, put pants on and started hurrying up and getting everything ready. And I was out the door to the post office at, like, 6.55. So I was a little excited. And then um, as we record this, they are still in the bathroom um, at my house. And we are working on putting a pen together to be in the barn that is predator and curious barn cat proof um hopefully doing that today because they've already outgrown their little like container that i have them in now they're pretty big and there's five of them so they need more space yeah waterfowl do grow super fast Mm -hmm. yeah so that's that i'm obsessed with them um, I hope they'll continue to be obsessed with me. They do kind of like just settle down in your hand after a while and chill out. But it's funny because ducklings do this side eye thing and they look at you with such judgment. <laughs> but goslings don't do that. They kind of extend their neck out like really straight, <laughs> which is going to be super intimidating when they're like 15 pounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we have to be friends. <laughs> yes. Yes, you do. <laughs> And on a less happy note, I went to the barn yesterday, and um, for those of you that heard last week, Rosé had her babies, and unfortunately, one of them either jumped out of or got kicked out of the nesting box. And I check on them every morning and night, and I checked on them at night. Everybody was good. I went out there in the morning, and one was cold and dead outside of the nesting box. And, like, I found little fleas on it when it was dead, so um, I don't know if maybe there was something wrong with it and Mama kicked him out, or if he just popped out and Mama didn't try to notice maybe and keep him warm. She's a first-time bunny mama, so I don't really know how that works because this is the first time that we've had this happen, and we've had three litters before this one. So that really sucked. Um... But I wanted to share that because, like, no matter how good you think you are or how easy you think something is, because I've always said, like, bunnies are, like, stupid easy to take care of because they mostly are. Um, Like, shit still happens. And it's sad, but you kind of learn from it. So maybe next time I won't use a nesting box that is, like, so high up. Um where they can't get back into it. But, you know, they started getting their fur, but their eyes are still closed. So there's only so much they can do. And I can't sit there and watch them 24-7. Yeah, they're one of the creatures that's not born, like, able to Mm. take care of themselves whatsoever. Right. So lesson learned on that one, and it sucked. And I know that's kind of a downer after all the cute gosling talk, but, like... Like we said, we like to keep it real. 
and let you know when shit happens and, you know, think through ways that we can prevent shit from happening later, you know? So lesson learned, maybe tinier nesting box, lower to the ground. (laughs) And maybe we'll learn that tinier nesting box doesn't necessarily make a difference either. Mother nature is like, farming is one of those things that just like reminds you that there is a lot of stuff that you can control, but there's so much that you can't. Right. Like so much. Right. Yeah. And I think the avian leucosis reared its ugly head again, too, because one of our chickens died uh, last week, too. And she was one um, that was about that age where it might or might not kick in. So I don't know if it was that or what, but it doesn't appear that it was contagious or anything. So that's my guess. What is the age that it kicks in? So it can be like, um, I'm I'm picking up on like it's got a dormancy period of like uh probably like five or six months. Okay. Once or it takes that long for it to go, and we kind of go through a cycle. It seems like because I think it was last May when I found out last May June when I got um the results for Flash that that's what it was. Yeah. And it seems like every five or six months we go through a batch of chickens just dying because it spread through chicken sex and it spread through mom to chick um, through the hatching process. So we actually lost one a couple weeks ago too that was hatched by Betty White. Mm. Um, And it was about that time. It was about six months. So, you know, you can try to breed um immunity in your flock but and and that's something that we're gonna try to do slowly um but it's gonna suck because some of them just won't make it and i'm sure there's some people out there that ethically think that that's not cool you can't do that but at this point this is kind of you know what i'm set up with i can't introduce new birds without putting them at risk um so if i can try to breed immunity i will um, but like I said, we're going to do that like slowly over time, not in large batches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because most of the flocks doing great. I mean, we got over 70 birds. I don't know how many we actually have. Um, and most of them are doing just fine. So it's like they can live with it. Yeah. But yeah, so people of the listenership don't hate me. <laughs> if you disagree <laughs> with my methods, please. <laughs> I mean, we get to pick what our tolerance can be for yeah. things, just like other people get to pick what their tolerance is. That's that's a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> and sadly, like, I didn't cry when I found the dead baby bunny. I didn't cry when my husband told me about the dead bird. Um, it's like, obviously, I'm like somber in that moment. But like, if you if those things would have happened a year ago, I'd probably be bawling my eyes out. Um so it's, I don't ever want to get to the point where I'm like completely numb to these things happening, but I think there's a time where you come to accept that it's just part of the game, part of this whole farming thing. And you can have like a moment of somberness and reverence for that animal and not lose your mind and it's okay. Yeah. And that is the end of Sam's Death Corner. <laughs> 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 and... Yeah, no, I'm going to drink. <laughs> I'll drink to that. If I wasn't sitting on my pod couch, I would pour one out for them. 
But that would just make a big mess and nobody wants that. Yeah, I'm going to refrain. But it did make you laugh, so there you go. Yeah. (laughs) It's the thought that counts. Do you feel overwhelmed by the choices, or maybe even the lack of choices, of chicken first aid supplies, treats, and other chicken keeping items? Have you ever stood in your favorite feed store and felt completely confused, not sure what to try without it being a total waste of money? We have the perfect solution to this problem. Just subscribe to the monthly chicken keeping box, Honey and Roo. Honey and Roo makes it easy to get products not available at your local feed store, build your poultry first aid kit, try new treats and coop items, keep your flock healthy and happy, and enjoy carefully selected chicken-themed gifts for yourself or to give to someone else you love that loves chickens too. The products are hand-selected by the founder of Henny and Roo, who is a chicken keeper herself, so you know the products have been tested by someone who knows what they're doing. So treat your chickens and yourself by going to hennyandroo.com and subscribing today. Need a last-minute gift for Mother's Day? Henny and Roo is the perfect gift for the chicken keeper in your life. You can pre-buy 3, 6, or 12 months, or you can subscribe to pay monthly. So go to hennyandroo.com and use code DRINKANDFARM to get 15% off your first subscription box. So I did something kind of exciting this weekend. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I got over my fear of A, inviting people to my farm, and B, children, (laughs) and volunteered to teach my daughter's Girl Scout troop (laughs) (laughs) the lessons they need for their gardening badge. Hooray. But you have a fear of children? Don't you have children? So (laughs) I do. I have children. I'm not afraid of the children themselves. Okay. You know how you meet those people and they just like radiate something that makes like children drawn to them and they like know how to respond to them and interact with them? Yeah. I I don't have that. I don't think I have it either. Maybe that's why we get along so well. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have that. (laughs) Kudos to those people that have that because sometimes I wish I had that because most of the time I feel like a deer in headlights when I'm standing in front of a big group of children. Uh, Same. Even like a child that I don't know, like true story, at my last job a couple years ago, this lady that I didn't really know would bring her child in and go cubicle to cubicle, like having the kids say hi. And I would hear her approaching and I would legit run to the bathroom. (laughs) <laughs> because the situation made me so freaking uncomfortable. Because it's like, I don't know what to say to your kid. Yeah. Most of the time when I try to talk to them, they look at me like I have three heads. <laughs> because I either try to do like the overly like, oh, I had a la Or I try to talk to them like an adult and neither goes well. So I think I'm just trying too hard. But yeah, they can sense it. <laughs> yes, they sense my fear. <laughs> Well, and I have that same fear. And one of the things that I've been really trying to figure out is like, I want to get involved in our community. Mm -hmm. One of the cool things about living in such a small town is I feel like you have a a greater ability to make an impact Mm -hmm. because there's like, there's not as many people. So the things that you do can tend to reach like a, a bigger percentage of the people that are in your community. Right. And 
putting myself out there doesn't exactly come naturally to me. Um, besides this podcast, I usually am like a behind the scenes kind of person. Mm-hmm. And my husband is the one that's like really outgoing and everybody like knows and loves him. Like, yeah, I know that. I know that feeling too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like everybody at the kid's school like knows him and calls him for stuff and like talks to him about things. And I'm like, hi, I'm over here too. Like, I promise <laughs> I want to be involved. I just, I don't know how. Yeah, I totally get that. So I just like sucked it up and I was looking at the Aurora just recently joined Girl Scouts. It was uh, maybe towards the beginning of the year. So it hasn't been that long. And I was flipping through the badges and I saw the garden badge. Ding, ding, ding. That's the thing I think I can do. Okay. So I won't go into the boring parts of like what they need to earn the badge, but I thought it would be fun to share about how I prepped for starting a garden from scratch for six kindergartners and first graders because you guys, you have no idea how hard it is to do stuff with kids (laughs) when it doesn't come naturally to you. (laughs) There are some people that are going to really relate to this and there are others that are just like rolling their eyes like, what? Why do you guys have trouble with this? I don't understand. And we envy you. We, we envy, envy you, eye rollers, so hard. So much. <laughs> but we're hoping that you can see it. Put yourselves in our awkward, awkward muck boots for a minute. <laughs> yeah. So I started out with some pretty like wild and grand plans. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. My original idea was that each girl was going to pick her own seeds from an array that I curated from her favorite flowers and vegetables. <laughs> I can't Sorry. say this without laughing. Sorry. I can't not laugh at this. <laughs> they were going to space the seeds and plant them all themselves mm-hmm. individually. Mm-hmm. They were going to make their own garden markers and draw the plants on them. Oh, wow. <laughs> And each girl was going to have a dedicated space that was hers. Mm-hmm. And they were going to mulch it in while I proselytized about how important mulch is to keep down weeds and keep plants hydrated. Okay. That sounds like a solid plan, Beverly, that I could not even follow. <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> well, like I had this like picture in my head of like it was going to be sunshiny and there were going to be rainbows in the background and butterflies flying by and the kids were going to be super excited about gardening. <laughs> <laughs> well, spoiler alert, that was not what happened. And that would have never worked, like even in a perfect world. Right. Because like, have you ever met a first grader? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have the attention span of, of a squirrel. Yes. I actually think squirrels might have larger spans of attention than a first grader at moments. Yeah. They, and yeah. <laughs> and and I'm saying this as someone, Aurora has ADHD. So mm-hmm. like take her squirrel attention span and then like cut it into like a quarter of that. <sighs> yeah. Soren has some of that stuff too. And yep. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I was really only going to have like 10 minutes of their attention if I was lucky. Oh. I mean, and that's like if I was super lucky. <laughs> I don't even think I got 10 minutes. Who am I kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in my defense, though, it did end up raining yesterday. So even the plan, even like my pared down plan didn't end up really working. Okay. But this was what I ended up planning for because after like picturing all of that in my head and realizing that this isn't the sound of music 
that was not going to be the way that this went. <laughs> yes. I made them all seed mats ahead of time. Uh, and what I did was I properly placed the seeds on the seed mats and glued them down with a mix of flour and water. It wasn't anything complicated. I just mixed it to a consistency that I thought would make the seeds stick. So there's no like recipe or like rules to follow. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, I made a template and laid the paper towels on top of them and I flipped over the seed packet and I was like, all right, these can be spaced one inch apart. So I used the one inch spaces. These can be three inches apart. It made it super easy. Oh, good. And then I laid them all out on the table. Uh, and I also made the plant markers myself. I just used my label maker. (laughs) Nothing was drawn or hand painted (laughs) onto them. (laughs) And uh, one of the leaders and I placed the mats. I was going to at least let the girls carry the mats out there and place them. But with it raining and the winds blowing a little bit, we were oh. like, we're going to end up with seeds like everywhere. And all this yeah. hard work is going to go to waste. So she and I placed them and just like sprinkled a little bit of dirt on them so that they stayed down. Mm-hmm. And we put the plant markers down for them because we wanted to make sure that as they grew, the girls would know which plants were which. Okay. Because we thought yeah. that would be really important. Mm-hmm. And all the girls did was sprinkle the dirt on top of the mats and water them. I ended up mulching the whole bed in and I added like some tomato plants that I've been growing and some pepper plants and a couple of other things. Oh, fun. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was how it went. <laughs> so it sounds like you did most of the work, but they got to help in their own little way. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this wasn't meant to be like a rant about how bad children suck at gardening. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not how I intended at all. Right. But Mother's Day is coming up this weekend. And I wanted to share like how hard it was to get the kids properly involved in something farming related because they don't have the knack for it. Mm-hmm. If someone else feels that way, like they don't feel like such a mom failure right yeah it especially when they're not your kids (laughs) yeah I mean yeah Aurora was the only one that was mine the other five kids that were there weren't mine and like you know we already talked about how rough that is (laughs) and you have the same situation because you have sub kids that you only see every few weeks you know if you're lucky Yeah, it's supposed to be every other week, but they're getting older now. So it's like they want to do things like birthday parties or the older girl she wants to babysit so she can earn some money. Um, And, you know, we don't want to discourage that. So we try to be flexible. But that usually means because they're on the other side of the state that we don't see them as often. So it's hard for me from that perspective, one, because... I don't have the same kind of patience for them because I did not carry them in my body. I was not around when they were little and cute. Um, (laughs) So getting them involved is kind of hard from that perspective. But I also think about like my niece and nephew, who I don't see as much as often either, but they're at least like biologically linked to me in some way. Um, And I can't imagine getting them to like plant anything. But my sister-in-law does such a good job with them with like these really messy art projects. I look at them and think they're messy. She probably looks at it and thinks it's no big deal. But she seems to me like one of those moms that is just like super good about doing activities and stuff. And I feel like if I ever gave birth to my own children, 
I'd kind of probably be more like my mom. And this is not a knock on my mom at all, because I understand now why we didn't do certain things <laughs> as a stepmom. Um, but she was, not that she wasn't involved at all, but she would do things that were a little more practical, that wouldn't create more messy cleanup work for her. But we were involved in different ways. Like she would help, I would help her plant the garden and do like really cool stuff like flower pots and things like that. But I was also like, you know, preteen teenager when I did that. So, (laughs) you know, not a first grader. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's really easy to like scroll through your Instagram or your social media feeds and see what you perceive as super parents, like doing all of these awesome things that you wish you had the patience and ability to do. But it's not easy for all of us to figure out like how to properly get kids involved in things like whether they're Mm -hmm. our own biologically or not because they all have their own different personalities and like we have our levels of what sort I'm looking for like tolerance for things tolerance was what I was just gonna say yeah the mess thing I can totally relate with that I'll never forget I had this idea that I was gonna make Christmas cookies with all the neighborhood kids when we lived in Arizona like sugar (laughs) cookies and they were gonna frost them and put sprinkles and stuff on them there were still sprinkles on the floor when we moved out. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that the floor was replaced in between when we made those cookies and when we moved. Those those types of things, like, they they can get, like, really overwhelming for me. And mm-hmm. I'm just looking at it, and it's just chaos, and I can't, like, think through the chaos. Yeah. <laughs> and I think part of it for me, too, is that some of these things, like, you, me and you both work full-time, and... Jobs can be very stressful. And for me, the farming part is very sacred and it's like a safe space for me. Um, And I think a lot of that is because it's, it's something that's mine. It's my hobby. And I grew up, you know, going down to my grandparents' farm. So it's a very like home feeling. And I don't want anything to come in and disturb that, which might sound really selfish, but from a mental health perspective, sometimes it's easier for me to just go muck out the barn by myself, which we did yesterday and it was very gross because we did deep litter and I think I'm swearing off deep litter in the barn now. Oh my God, it's horrible. (laughs) That one cleanup is super tough, but imagine cleaning it all up in your snow gear while it was negative Uh, 40. I don't know. It smelled (laughs) That sucks too. So... Bad. I was gagging, which makes me think we probably did it wrong. But it was so bad. But when I was done, I felt like super accomplished and like better afterwards. But if I was trying to get one of my stepkids in there with a pitchfork, like kind of quote unquote helping, oh, I would have been even more irritated by the whole thing. So it's like, I think for me, some of that's just, it's something that's mine that I don't want to share. Um, and maybe I'd feel differently if, um, they are here more often and I could consistently have them involved. But I feel like I get some of that like stepmom guilt because I'm not, I don't have that level of bonding with them though. And I think it's great if other stepmoms can have that with their stepchildren and really feel like they're, you know, valued as the stepmom or the bonus mom. I'm just not there yet based on our current situation. And I feel like it's really easy to feel stepmom shamed or mom guilt um, from that. So I feel like I just went on a journey with that conversation, but I'm hoping somebody else that's listening can relate to that or take something away from that. So they don't feel as guilty or shameful, um, in having things that are their own. End rant. 
drink beer. <laughs> well, and you know what? I'm glad that you used that word shame because this is going to sound really strange. I'm on like this. I've been listening to this book. It's called Daring Greatly. And she talks a lot about shame and how shame like really makes us feel and doesn't like do anything to actually help us or help any mm-hmm. of the things that we're trying to work on. Like when you feel shame, it's impossible to make it's impossible to like move forward and make anything better or make any progress on anything. Right. Because you're like stuck in like the shame cycle. So I won't like go into the book really far because we're talking about farming stuff. But I will put a link to the book in the show notes in case anybody else wants to listen to it. But like for myself, it took me a while when we first got here to get the kids involved because like when the baby chicks came, like I didn't know what I was doing myself. So like the idea of letting the kids hold them like terrified me. Right. Because I was afraid to hold them. (laughs) We've made a little bit of progress here on getting some stuff. Like I do muck out the barn with the kids, but it's not like this wonderful like hi-ho hi-ho moment where everybody's like (laughs) swinging pitchforks together and like cleaning up the mess it's usually me like with my hands on my hips like standing in the middle of it like barking out orders (laughs) like how to do it (laughs) properly because if I don't it won't get done right and then we run the risk of animals getting sick or you know, because something ends up festering there instead of right, like, being cleaned right. out properly. And so it, there's a lot of like responsibility that goes along with this, too. So like one of the things or one of the pieces of advice that I've been given and can pass along when you want to get kids involved, the right way is to like set your own proper expectations so like mucking the Mm. barn is a good example like let them go do it and then just go in afterwards and check their work and finish it up right because you know it's not gonna (laughs) be done right the first time like that's just the way that it goes (laughs) and then another thing too is like to give them age appropriate tasks and like Mm -hmm. age appropriate tools to 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 finish those tasks like with the garden you know like I originally wanted to have the kids like all individually place seeds and stuff I don't even do that when I'm planting the garden by seed. Like, I just sprinkle them. Why was I expecting a bunch of first graders to be able to do that? Like, that wasn't setting them up for success. Those expectations were, like, way too high for them. And seeds are tiny, and they're fine motor skills. And, I mean, yeah. I know. People that know things about kids know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, I think the same thing, too. Like, when I tried to plant my first garden out here and just ended up growing a bunch of weeds, really. Like, the seed spacing drove me insane. Like I can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, thin. I, although I'm, I used to be afraid to thin. Like I felt guilty pulling up plants. Like I was like murdering them <laughs> <laughs> by not giving them the chance to like figure out who can thrive and who can't. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I thin pretty ruthlessly. So oh, look at you go. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, it's like a practice thing. <laughs> and yeah, so and another thing too that I've done here is I've just like. I have this problem where I like to picture things in my head and I get like really disappointed when they don't turn out that way. And gardening was one of those things for me because I really thought Aurora would love working in like the vegetable garden with me and doing stuff. But it turns out she hates getting her hands dirty. Oh, that's so funny for like a kid. <laughs> I know. She. I think, I think for her, because, you know, she's got the ADHD and she also has oppositional defiance disorder. Parents that deal with that also will know exactly what that means. So, mm-hmm. like, I think that she also might have, like, some sensory things. Okay. Like, the stuff being caked on her hands, she just like, doesn't like the way it feels. Mm-hmm. So 
instead of trying to like force her to do it so that I can have that like mom and daughter gardening moment that I picture in my head, Mm -hmm. I bought her some fairy garden stuff and she sets up her fairy garden things while I plant the seeds and mulch. So we're still working together in the garden and we're creating something that we can both be proud of and are excited about, but it's not like encroaching on her things that she doesn't like. Right, because you, if she's going to be out there and you're, you know, allowing, I don't want to say allowing, but trying to find a way for you both to enjoy it together, I think it's really cool that you found something that works well for both of you that isn't going to, like, tick either of you off, like, in like in a huge way. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, and I'm with you on, like, this was, like, my thing that I was, like, really excited about. I mean, like, the kids are excited about, like, the animal parts and stuff, but mm-hmm. this, like, this farm was really like my third baby oh yeah so so I am a little selfish about like some parts of it because they were like for my mental health Mm -hmm. so yeah but the garden was one of those things that I thought we could like you know work together as a family and so it's been hard to figure out how to still make some of that work but it's a balance it's not perfect yeah exactly it's like an ever-evolving thing Exactly. And you know what? Maybe as Aurora gets older, too, and she sees you and how hard you're working at it, and maybe it'll, she'll want a pair of gardening gloves and be able to jump in and help you in a couple of years. You know, that might evolve, too, based on them watching you. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's a good hope. Yeah. But we wanted to have this conversation because we wanted to just, like, I don't know, share a little more personally about yeah. ourselves and, like, our struggles like familial farm struggles yeah keep it real and just hope that moms and stepmoms you know can give each other a break like if a if a super mom that does all these pinterest worthy crafts with their children maybe you don't give the side eye to the mom that's you know giving their kids mcdonald's you know yeah (laughs) for their school lunch i don't know why that popped in my head (laughs) Well, because food shaming is like real. People do yeah. really food shame each other. And I have been guilty of that. I'll totally raise my hand and say because I am a food snob. We've talked about this before. Yes. I don't remember what episode, but if you've listened to them all, you'll remember me saying that. Yeah. But, you know, just to give, you know, as women to give each other breaks and to try to lift each other up and put each other's muck boots on <laughs> or yeah. even maybe your Louboutins. I don't know what you wear, um, but, you know, maybe just have a little more grace um, for each other in these situations and it's for you not to feel as shameful about, you know, maybe being a little selfish about certain things um, for your own reasons or, you know, maybe something not going the way you planned. So, you know what? For Mother's Day, just give yourself an effing break. Yep. Cheers to that. <laughs> Let's face it. We're harder on ourselves than anyone else can possibly be on us. Oh, for sure. So... This is us telling you that we have those same struggles. <laughs> yes. And that's why we drink while we farm things. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So it's time for our We Can't Even Corner. Ooh, heck yeah. So, Bev, what can't you even about this week? So I can't even get over the fact that a man left his back gate open and found 200 sheep invaded his yard. Oh, no. <laughs> Did you hear about this? 
No, I did not. <laughs> so in the city of Lincoln, California, there's this couple. They're the Russos. They live with their kids. And sheep sightings have become pretty common in the area because the city employs livestock to clear out the overgrowth. Um, because overgrowth, over overgrowth, overgrowth <laughs> contributes to wildfires. Okay. In a moment of oversight, the family <laughs> figured out that uh, the grazing sheep are far from sheepish. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, I stole that straight from the article that I will link to in the show notes. Uh, they opened their back gate so they could give their daughters a better view of the sheep because um, once a year they graze for only two or three days. And they had never heard of them crossing over into anybody's yard. But uh, the curious sheep would like peek their heads over the back gate, but then would scamper off as soon as they saw them. <laughs> and then when they left their back gate open, it turns out one came in. And then a dozen came in, and then suddenly hundreds of them were packed <sighs> in their backyard. <laughs> and the best part of this is, is this was caught on video. So if you click, <gasps> click on the link in the show notes, you can watch the video of it. And oh it's, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> I'm going to have to do that. Yes. So when they tried to corral them out, they would only shift to like other parts of the yard. But... <laughs> Others were continuing to flood in through the gate. Oh, no. <laughs> so before they knew it, like, their whole backyard was, like, filled, like, brim to brim with sheep. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I already said this part, but that's all right. Luckily for the internet, <laughs> the husband caught the stampede on camera, and he has a has a hilarious narration with it. He was trying to, like, shout at them, hoping that they would get the message and leave, but the animals were just, like, totally ignoring him. So in between fits of laughter, he tried everything from making sheep noises himself to shouting, get off my lawn. <laughs> but his wife was not nearly as amused about it as he was. Uh, she said that she was actually really nervous and she thought it was urgent that they get the sheep out of the yard, which I mean, we've all seen hooves. Like I can see why yeah. she thought that way because they can do a lot of damage to like your stuff and your yeah. lawn. <laughs> yeah. And 200 pounds or 200 pounds. 200 sheep is a lot of poop. Yeah, that is. That's too. a lot of poop. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. sheep sheep aren't going to not poop on your lawn because you have like a, like a, I don't know, like a thing on it that says no pooping on the lawn. Yes. <laughs> like exactly. they don't care. <laughs> exactly. So while this, while her husband was trying to chase the sheep out, she was grabbing her kids to get them to safety. Um, they have two <laughs> daughters. One is four and one is five. And they just thought the whole thing was hilarious. And they got to watch it from like a back window. <laughs> and I don't blame her for being worried they were going to get trampled. Because like, yeah. yeah, I would have been the exact same way. Yeah. At one point, they were finally able to get some of the sheep out. But they were still a bunch wandering around the backyard. So the wife grabbed her kids like play tambourine and started jumping up and down on the trampoline, making a ton of noise to try to scare them out. And it eventually worked. Oh, hey. Yeah. So needless to say, they no longer leave their back gate open when the sheep are grazing. <laughs> yes, that is probably a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> but I saw that on the internet and I just thought that was hilarious. Everybody's commenting on it like, I wouldn't mind if 200 sheep showed up in my backyard. I mean, I live on almost 12 acres and... 200 sheep would worry me in my backyard. Oh, for sure. So I can only imagine like in a California suburb what that must have looked like. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're not used to being around livestock. Like, 
<sighs> so what can't you even get over this week? So I feel like I'm kind of cheating because I picked two things. But the one, the first one is pretty short and it's kind of hard to explain if you don't just watch it. So we'll link to the YouTube video in the show notes. But if you haven't seen the woman having a dance off with an alpaca yet, um, you need to. Uh, basically a woman like prances around and by this like group of alpacas and then an alpaca tries to upstage her with even more extravagant like jumping and running moves. So you're probably like hearing me describe this and you're like, that's probably really stupid, but you should go watch it because <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> I saw it and I showed it to my husband and then I showed him a picture of, oh, shoot. Oh, it was a... Uh... Lanknos Barnyards uh, photos oh, on Instagram. Yeah. She, she just sheared her alpacas this week and I showed her a so picture cool. of a freshly shorn alpaca and I was like, see, this is why we need alpacas. And he yes. just looked at me. He didn't say any words. But... He's like, you finally got your donkey pump the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> you have room though. <laughs> we do. And I'm tired of mowing. <laughs> <laughs> So what else can't you even get over this week? There's this new show on ABC called Bless This Mess. And again, if you haven't seen this show, you probably should. Um, And it's like, honestly, everything I want in a show to watch while relaxing after a long day of work. And I think it's perfection because it's funny and it hits home. Because the premise is like a city couple deciding to move to a farm that's in the family. And they've totally romanticized this idea of like a simpler life. Um, and then they come to deal with the realities of country life in a very funny way that's pretty lighthearted. And <laughs> my mom said, yeah, when I saw that preview, I thought of you and Matt. Like, I grew up, like, <laughs> in the country around my grandparents' dairy farm. My husband, probably a city slicker the whole time he grew up. So I was just doing a little research on the show And while I was Googling, I found this article on CNN from the entertainment section about Bless This Mess and politics and how, you know, Bless This Mess can't go back to the day of, like, Green Acres. And honestly, like, we'll link to this article in the show notes. Maybe you'll agree with this guy. Maybe you won't. But personally, I think this gentleman can go F himself. Seriously. Because he's salty because they're not showcasing the political difference between New York City and Nebraska for a show that hadn't even started airing when the article was written for a show that's only 20 minutes after commercials. And honestly, from my perspective, if your biggest concern about this like 20 minute comedic show is that there's not enough political realness in it uh, is 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 an issue for you i think you are part of the problem and clearly why we can't have nice things you sir are the type of person that creates division because i'm sure your idea of appropriate representation of a red state and of farm life would not be a fair representation of reality and speaking of reality this isn't a reality show it's a sitcom politics absolutely do not need to be in every single tv show and you sir can have a seat because you are a fun ruiner and I will end my rant there that is purely my opinion (laughs) (laughs) but honestly I see enough politics on Facebook I don't need it in the sitcom that makes me laugh and helps me unplug from the real world so he can go F himself 
So <laughs> I, it, because you posted this in the show notes yesterday, I was telling Jared about it. And he's like, oh, we can totally get that because we have Hulu. So he's like, let's watch a couple episodes tonight. So we did while I was typing up on the show notes. Oh, good. We watched a couple episodes. And I hate to admit how much this show actually like resonates with me. <laughs> because right? there are a few of those moments that I feel we have definitely experienced here <laughs> and I've only watched the first two episodes. <laughs> yes. I like to think that my husband and I are just like a little more useful. That's the word I wrote down, but I don't know if that's okay. really the right word, but you know, like we have a little more like working knowledge. I think. Yes. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. And like as what I would describe as almost literally the living example of what this show sounds like, um, I can say that no one has asked Jared or I what our politics are. Mm. Like, no Interesting. one. No one has. Interesting. We, we've had, like, conversations about it, and you were there for one of them with some of our friends. Yeah. Yeah. And we have, like, had a couple of, like, over-dinner or over-drinks conversations with people, but they were, like, civil and human. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, that one that we had was incredibly civil and kind of, like, refreshingly nice to be able to air your opinion in a respectful way. And not feel shut down by the other person. Yeah. And it's a good reminder that like stereotypic beliefs aren't necessarily the truth of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like to, to automatically assume that everybody in Nebraska is going to be more conservative than the people from New York. It's just it's like uh, it's like a parody. Right. Say that because you can't say that about people. People are complicated and they may feel one way on one issue than they do another. But that's totally mm-hmm. besides the point. Like if he had actually watched the show and waited until it came out and and like saw an episode like I think it's the second episode. They do actually touch on some of like the I, I don't know if it's necessarily like I wouldn't say it's a political difference, but like a difference in like process or what mm-hmm. like the difference between your idea of farming and like actual practical farming would be. And I'll just kind of sum it up a little bit. But mm-hmm. Dax, I can't remember the characters names because I've only watched two episodes, but Dax Shepard tells his neighbor that he's going to do no till farming and that he should give it a try. And his neighbor pretty much says like, why don't you go to ag school and spend 30 years farming and then tell me how to farm my fields? I can see why his neighbor is angry about being given farming advice by like what he sees as a New York yuppie. But at the same time, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility to think that a degree in ag is different than it was 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. So it was a good, I don't know, it was it was a good reminder that there are people that that aren't willing to take new information and that there are new ideas out there, but like that idea might not actually work in that area of Nebraska. So like, who knows? Who knows whether right. till or no till farming is like the right way for their plot of land? Exactly. But they totally tackled like what I would see as a contentious issue. But maybe I only see it as contentious because I actually know like a smidge about farming. Right. <laughs> like I would say right. scotch. <laughs> and like I highly doubt the guy that wrote this article has any idea what it takes to do any of the stuff that you see in that episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? He is an entertainment writer. So maybe he did get like, you know, access to see the full show before he wrote that article. But honestly, like, I think it's really narrow minded to think that anybody in a red state or that even considers themselves a conservative is running around 
with, you know, racist ideologies and their make America great hat on. Um, I think that's incredibly narrow-minded that you're pigeonholing like a whole group of people to that one stereotype. So shame on you for making this really broad stroke over a TV show. <laughs> like, come on. Was it a slow news day for you, sir? Because I think it was. I mean, it totally might have been. Yeah. But, yeah. but he poked the wrong bear. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you can watch it because I told my mom, I was like, you have to be watching this if you're not already. Because, well, my mom was telling me about that other farm show that's on the History Channel that I don't have access to anymore because we pulled the plug on DirecTV. Now we just have a few streaming services. Um, and my mom was telling me that she couldn't watch that show anymore because it was too, it's almost like because she grew up on the dairy farm and they also did like corn and other crops. It basically is like a very real reality of like the struggle of that. And it was almost like she was having like PTSD moments from the anxiety of not knowing if like you were going to break even or make money or anything like that. Yeah. Um, From farming. (laughs) She's like, it's too real for me. So if that show was a little too intense for you, um, which I think that show on the History Channel um, is a great way to open other people's eyes to what's really happening in the farm industry so they can care a little more or just be a little more, you know, knowledgeable. This is like total separate end of the spectrum (laughs) where it's funny. Um, And obviously it's a 20 minute sitcom. So, um, well, and I love what they did with it because I feel like, like there is a lot of romanticizing about what it's like to like move Mm -hmm. out and do this stuff. Like when we sat down to record, I sat down, we hadn't hit record yet. I put on my headphones and Sam starts talking. And I look down and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I have shit on me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not human shit. So it's not like crazy gross, but it's some mystery animal shit. And yes. like, that's, that's the reality. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but if you were to just look at social media or pictures, you would think it was all cuddling cute baby animals. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's like what I actually post like 90% of the time is like super adorable pictures of like Mr. Shelby, the cat that's not my cat, riding around on my shoulders as I do chores. You don't see me chasing around ducks trying to get them back in their freaking cage. Because they think the sun's up for another hour. I'm not going in. I'm going to be an asshole. And Mr. Shelby's on my shoulder. And I'm holding on to him while I'm running to chase these ducks around. And it's probably like (laughs) people driving by probably are like, what the heck is wrong with this lady? (laughs) And And then yesterday trying to get him in there. And one of the ducks like ran in so fast. And we had just power washed their rocks off because they were very duck poopy. Um, So she like slammed her little feet into the mud and shit water just went right into my mouth that's the reality of farm life (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i appreciate this show very much and i hope other people enjoy it too so if you're not watching it i can't even handle how cute this is and i couldn't even handle like how ignorant this writer was So, this concludes We Can't Even for episode 61. (laughs) 
So we don't have a farm story this week, but we're going to read an iTunes review. And this iTunes review is from Sir Cluxalot, which that's like the greatest iTunes name ever. I mean, I don't know. It really There's is. been a lot of really great uh, iTunes names that we've seen on here. So uh, what this person says is, what a hoot. I have so much fun with you ladies. I honestly feel like we are all friends hanging out and y'all are super honest and informative, which I love. As a hobby homesteader, considering a leap into a more serious direction, I love hearing about the good, the bad, and the ugly of farm life. Cheers, ladies. Keep it up. Love it. I love those reviews so much. They just warm my heart. Oh, yes, me too. Time for housekeeping. Housekeeping! (laughs) Coop camp dates have been announced June 7th through 9th. There is a link in the show notes. Yes, and we will be there in... If you're not, you will be square, I guess. Um, but let us know if you're going because we also have a Facebook group. We drink and we farm things. So you should just let us know in that group if you're going or send us a message um, because we want to meet you while we're there. So let us know. Yeah. And take our survey. Give us anonymous feedback. There's a link to that in the show notes. And we just read one wonderful review from one of our iTunes listeners. So go ahead and review us in all the places because we might read one of those on the show. And if you really like us, download the episode when you listen and hit that subscribe button. We sell merch. There's a link to both shops in the show notes. We have some awesome stuff that Sam makes that's in our shop that's on our website. But then we also have some shirts and hoodies and camping mugs and a couple of other things uh, made by this really great company. And they're super great quality and they totally support the show. So go check those out if you're in need of some drinking and farming merch. We have a hashtag. Use hashtag drink and farm on Instagram anytime you are drinking something you love and farming safely. No drinking and using farm equipment. Um, We share them in our stories every week. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you will see those in our feed. So this is your community and we want to share you with each other. So make sure you're using that hashtag. And thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you coming and joining us. And happy Mother's Day to all the moms and stepmoms and anyone who has anything to do with children out there. Um, We hope that you enjoyed this episode and you feel a better connection with us. Yeah. Or maybe you hate us. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Judgy McJudgersons can, you know, you know where the door is. (laughs) But we love you anyways. That's right. So drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm.